0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The disciples went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing the man and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching, with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, Jesus' fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord We're still reading from chapter 1 of Mark's Gospel. Jesus goes to Capernaum with the disciples who have left their nets to follow him, enters the synagogue, and begins to teach. Typical of Mark's Gospel, we never get to hear what Jesus is teaching, even though he teaches as one with authority, not like the scribes. The teaching is suddenly interrupted by a man in the synagogue With an unclean spirit. This interruption, of course, is the teaching. The demon cries out, literally in the Greek, What is there between us and you? Have you come to destroy us? On whose behalf is the demon pleading? It can only be the group already mentioned the scribal aristocracy whose space Jesus is threatening. The demon, by naming Jesus the Holy One of God, attempts to gain control over Jesus, but does not succeed. Jesus is the one more powerful, as foretold by John. In two weeks, just before we interrupt our reading of Mark's Gospel for the Lenten season, We will come to the end of chapter 1. Mark gives us a hint of where this story is headed. Jesus heals a leper who began to proclaim it freely, so that Jesus could no longer go into a town openly, but stayed out in the country. At the beginning of chapter 3, again in a synagogue and again on the Sabbath, Jesus heals a man with a withered hand under the judgmental gaze of the Pharisees. The Pharisees immediately conspired with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. The cleansing of the temple in chapter 11 ends on the same note. And when the chief priests and the scribes heard it, they kept looking for a way to kill him, for they were afraid of him, because the whole crowd was spellbound by his teaching. The Greek word for destroy or kill is the same in chapter one, chapter three, and chapter 11. Jesus has come not to destroy. In fact, just the opposite. Jesus' authority is clear The word he speaks is creative, bringing something new into being. Jesus chases away the unclean spirit, leaving the man intact. Where most people would expel the man and his demon, Jesus is able to distinguish. In the reading from the book of Deuteronomy, we have a description of the prophet who will continue to speak God's word to the community after Moses is gone. Father Richard Rohr points out a feature of the Mosaic tradition from the book of Exodus, chapter 33. Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, at some distance from the camp. Anyone who wanted to consult Yahweh would go to this tent of meeting outside the camp. Rohr says that the Tent of Meeting is the initial image and metaphor that eventually became our much later notion of church. Moses had the foresight and courage to move the place of hearing God outside and at a distance from the court of common religious and civic opinion. This was the original genius that inspired the entire Jewish prophetic tradition. The free and grace position found in the tent of meeting is what allowed Jesus and all prophets in his lineage to speak from a minority position. It's always less desirable compared to the comfortable and enjoyable places at the center and the top. Father Greg Boyle Jesuit priest and founder of Homeboy Industries, the largest gang intervention program on the planet, insists that the strategy of Jesus is not centered in taking the right stand on issues, but rather in standing in the right place, with the outcast and those relegated to the margins. Jesus was not a man for others. He was one With others. In his book, Tattoos on the Heart The Power of Boundless Compassion, Boyle says that there must be no daylight between us, only kinship, inching ourselves closer to creating a community of kinship such that God might recognize it. Soon we imagine, with God, this circle of compassion. Then we imagine no one standing outside of that circle, moving ourselves closer to the margins so that the margins themselves will be erased. We stand there with those whose dignity has been denied. We locate ourselves with the poor and the powerless and the voiceless. At the edges, we join the easily despised and the readily left out. We stand with the demonized so that the demonizing will stop. We situate ourselves right next to the disposable so that the day will come when we stop throwing people away. The Catholic pro-life stance comes out of this same prophetic tradition. We start at the very bottom with the unborn. Only from that place Can we be sure that no human being is left out? I saw a documentary at Sundance last year about a camp for handicapped teenagers. The word we used back in the day was crippled, hence the title Crip Camp. It won Best Documentary and is available on Netflix. I had worked at a day camp for handicapped children for several years when I was in college. The film begins with original footage from the 1970s camp season. Most of these young people had never been away from their families before. It soon becomes apparent that this is the first time in their lives that they experience themselves not as persons with disabilities, but as human beings. This was such an empowering experience for them that some of these campers went on to become the leaders of a national movement that demanded civil rights protection to individuals with disabilities. In 1990, they were instrumental in getting the Americans with Disability Act signed into law. At the end of today's Gospel, Mark returns us to the theme of authority and teaching. Now we know that he is writing about the kind of teaching which liberates, which discerns the demonic powers which oppress people, and seeks to bring about new beginnings.